Welcome to Crosspoint Fellowship. We've got a little echo. Echo, 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 echo. echo. my voice. Uh, so good to be back in here. Uh, it's really good to be back in here. I um, think being around people is huge. Uh, it gets uh, kind of, it has uh, been that way for several months. And I'm kind of glad to be back to quote unquote normalcy, if that's possible. I don't think I'm capable of that. Anyway, uh, everyone, thanks for coming out. It's good stuff. Uh, Phil, I hope you got a good selection here for us. So, I did my best. Great job. Great work. All right, welcome <laughs> to Crosspoint. <laughs> Jack Altramat, pro uh, social gatherings? Yeah. Is that, is that your political stance? Well, I mean, within reason. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, go ahead and stand up with me. Let's sing, uh, sing some worship songs together. Good to see everybody this morning. This is where worship starts Here in the temple of my heart Remembering who you are And what you've done This is your majesty All I have tasted and have seen Remembering who you are And once again
Amen. He is the Lord. He is in control. We praise him this morning.
Thanks for singing that with us. Go ahead and have a seat. you're watching live or uh, choose to watch sometime in the future. In that case, hello from the past and happy Tuesday or whatever. Uh, so a couple announcements. One, we could use a few more uh, counters. Uh, after service, we have to count the offering and there's a little process we go through. We could use just a couple more people to be involved in that process. Obviously, it needs to be somebody who's, you know, it's fairly consistent with attendance to be able to be here and be put on the schedule. And, you know, if it's your first time, maybe that's uh, not the best way for you to serve. But uh, if you are interested, it's a, it's a pretty simple thing to do. It only takes just, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes or so after the service. That is one way you can serve that we need some volunteers. Big announcement, though. If you didn't see Paul's video during the week, we are starting something called the gathering, and that will be a uh, Wednesday night gathering uh, at 6.30, reoccurring every week. We're going to have our first one this coming Wednesday at 6.30. So this is going to be kind of, uh, instead of you know having multiple uh, traditional small groups, we're going to have one big fellowship on Wednesday nights at 6.30. This first one this week is going to be basically be kind of like a, a welcome mixer. There won't be a, a lesson necessarily. And as we go on, you know, Paul had mentioned before about doing church-wide uh, studies and just kind of getting everybody on the same page spiritually, thinking about the same things, encouraging each other uh, in the same ways. And I'll admit, I've been, we've been coming here for years now, and there's people in this building that I just really haven't grown close to. And so this is an effort to not only draw in people that have never been a part of a small group at Cross Point, uh, and have just for one reason or another have always hesitated to, to jump in. This is your chance to, to jump in fresh. Everybody is absolutely welcome. We'll be uh, doing studies together. It's a little bit of trial and error. We probably will break up into kind of smaller groups and talk. And so some of that will just kind of have to see how it goes and, and what fits. But I'm very much looking forward to it. And speaking of uh, new things and trial and error, uh, we have been using this. It's called Band. It's an app called Band, like rubber band or rock band. Uh, it's a green logo with a B. Kind of hard to see. Ava, you can hold that up while I do that. We are going to try, uh, as we form the gathering, to transition away from using Facebook Messenger <clears throat> as the way to communicate digitally throughout the week, whether it be announcements or encouragements or, uh, you know, hey, this is the verse that's been on my mind. And we're going to try to go to the band thread because some people don't use Facebook. Uh, and so it's been hard to to find something that everybody can join in on. Right now, there's not a lot of activity. There's only a few people that ha have been using it. So I'm going to encourage you to download this. You can even look at your phone during the service and download it if you want to. But download uh, the band app because we're going to try to point uh, everybody. Me and the other leaders are going to, I'm, I'm kind of challenging everybody publicly up here on the band leadership team to start moving towards the band thread as our uh, digital form of communication. I do have something that's been on my mind. Uh, when you, I know that now that we're online, like you can't do the first song because it's copyrighted. Has that timing been difficult to do? Uh, like to where you're like, oh, we got to stop, right? Okay, wait, don't stream yet. I'm still playing the this copyrighted this really, song. Yeah, really the first week that we had to do it. So yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I, I was wondering about that. I was like, man, I'm going to take it down because of copyright. So all right, that's all the announcements I have, Paul.
morning, everybody. I, I've got a mic on my yeah, face. Yeah, so, good morning, everybody. Uh, before we start our service today, I want to uh, recognize a family that uh, has served Cross Point tremendously. So, uh, Jared and Lori and Atticus Namus, I know you probably don't want to do this. Will you come stand up here real quick for me? Just quickly. Come on, boys. Uh, for those of you I think everybody knows Jared and Laurie, and you probably know Jared and Laurie because they have served Crosspoint faithfully for the last 12 years. Uh, since its inception, they have been an integral part of making Crosspoint tick. Uh, they have served on leadership teams and as team leads and in the band. Jared has fixed numerous things around the building without being asked. He finds a problem, and then the problem is magically gone because uh, Jared has just come through and fixed that. Laurie has led our church um, through missions and through worship. And um, because of these two and their family and the boys, Crosspoint is in a better place 12 years later than it was when it started. And I wanted to bring them up here because this is going to be their last week with us. This was not an easy decision for them to make. Um, it's something that I know that they've struggled with for a while and that they have prayed over tremendously in the decision to move beyond cross point, so to speak. And so I wanted to bring you guys up here and first and foremost tell you thank you so much for everything that you guys have done. <laughs> cross point is uh, a better place because you guys were a part of our congregation and I can't thank you enough. You have helped me personally tremendously become uh, the leader that I am. And I know I still have improvements to make, but I've made huge improvements because you guys have been there to you know, push us along and, and hold me accountable on things. And, and so I wanted to say for, for me personally, thank you so much. And I would like to pray for you guys uh, if that is okay. Just join me in prayer, y'all. Lord, I want to lift the Chesters up to you right now. I, God, I pray that you lead and guide and direct their steps as they move forward in their journey with you. God, I know this was not an easy decision for them to make. I know that uh, tears were most likely shed and, and stress was felt because they love this church and they have shown that through their actions and the way that they've served us and the things that they have continually done for Crosspoint. And God, we just pray your blessing over them as they move forward. God, we pray that they know that they are loved and that they are appreciated. And God, we just want to say thank you uh, above anything else for what it is that they have done for us as a congregation um, over the past 12 years moving us from that point now and in, in, in many ways setting us up for a brighter future. And so, Lord, I wanted to say thank you for them. We, we again pray your blessing on them, and we just want them to know that we love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, I really do appreciate you. Baby. Having done that... Um, we're going to move on to week two of our series, Why We Worship. Uh, this week, we look at Charlie Hall's One Thing. Charlie Hall wrote this song in 2001. This song is molded directly after the 27th Psalm, specifically verse 4. And it is a song that is a heartfelt cry for proximity to the Lord. And it is an or I should say, a beautiful representation of what every moment of worship that we participate in should be. And so the band is going to play that for us, and then we are going to get into the Word and break that down and see exactly how it is that Jesus blesses us. 
single-minded, wholehearted. One thing I ask, single-minded, wholehearted. One thing I ask that I. Make gaze upon your beauty, O Lord, that I may seek your holy face, that I may know you in an intimate way, and follow after you all of my days, and follow Single-minded, wholehearted, one thing I ask. Single-minded, wholehearted, one thing I ask. That I may gaze upon your beauty. Lord, that I may seek your holy face, that I may know you in an intimate way, follow after you all of my days, follow after you all of my days.
I know that's a bit of an awkward transition, but what a beautiful song. What a beautiful song. One thing by Charlie Hall has just one verse. It starts out pretty simple. Simple-minded and wholehearted. Simple-minded and wholehearted. He's asking for one thing, and we'll, and we'll get into that. One thing I ask comes from Psalm 27, and we'll read that here in a second. But, but I just want to start out with those two concepts, to be single-minded and wholehearted in worship. Now, we talked a little bit about this last week, right, about how we need to kind of try to do our best to remove all the distractions that we come into the house of worship with that, that take away our attention and our focus from Jesus. Well, by, by these words, Charlie Hall is calling us to attention, right? It's calling us to attention, uh, to remove everything in your way uh, of a genuine meeting with God. That's the, that's the goal of worship. That's the focus of worship, to have a genuine meeting with the Godhead. And really, um, it, it benefits us so much to be able to do that, right? There's so much benefit for us to, to, to be able to just leave all the craziness in our world and have a genuine meeting with God, just one-on-one. That is what worship is all about. That's the entire goal, but, but it's really not about us. See, this is one of those God things, and he works this way so often that we get the great benefit from it, but, but it's more about the fact that God deserves our whole attention. It's about, it's about what God deserves from us. We seek this type of connection in worship because Jesus and God are worthy of our undivided attention. Our undivided attention. In Samuel's farewell address in Samuel chapter 12, 24, He leaves the Israelites with these words. He says, But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. See, these are two separate thoughts put together, right? There's a semicolon between them. Be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all of your heart. That's one statement. Because, it starts the second one, because what great things he has done for you. Right? We can't do one without the other. It becomes really difficult to serve our God wholeheartedly and with everything that we have if we can't focus and have a, a foundation for why it is that we're supposed to do that. And Samuel makes it very clear for the Israelites that the reason that God is deserving of this is because everything that he has done for you in your life. Each one of us could make a list right now of all the wondrous things that God has done for us. And some of the things on our list would be similar and some of them would be very different, Right? But, but it's because of those things that God has done specifically for us that, that calls us to attention while we worship, that calls us to be single-minded and wholehearted in the way that we worship our God. To be single-minded and to be wholehearted is really to be undivided, right? To be undivided. We've all heard the statement, a house divided cannot stand, right? Eventually, it, it will fall in on itself. It will crumble. The foundation will break, and, and everything uh, that, that that house stands for will cease to stand. We come to the, to the feet of Jesus so oftentimes to worship, only to be pulled away by the things that are distracting us. I specifically mentioned this example last week, but we kind of had a tough morning in our household. I don't know if the girls are tired. I don't know if we're tired. I don't really know exactly what was going on, but I woke up to a lot of yelling and screaming from the youngest one, and she, I can call her out because she really doesn't know, or uh, she'll forgive me probably by the time she's older, right? But it was just tough. It was tough to, to focus on the task at hand that we were coming to do. It was tough to focus on the fact that we're getting ready to prepare ourselves for worship and to come to church and, and to give our whole selves to God because that took so much of our focus this morning. And there's other kids around the room, so I'm sure that there may be 
Other people can say, yeah, I had a tough time with that this morning too, or maybe you missed your alarm, or maybe the hot water wasn't working, right? There's always something that, that can distract us, or maybe it's what you have to turn your attention to tomorrow when you go back to work on Monday. So often it, we're so distracted, we come to the feet of Jesus wanting to worship, desiring to worship, but we just can't stay there because we allow our mind to wander to everything else it is that we have to take care of and to do. In Matthew 6, 24, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this is a verse we use because of the principle that's within it, right? Money and worship don't necessarily have too much to do with each other unless it is your love of money that is distracting you from giving yourself wholeheartedly to Jesus, right? And then maybe for you it does. But, but if we... We look at the principle of this, right? That we can't serve two masters, that we can't devote our attention to one thing while, while devoting it to the other. Then we understand how that conflicts with us in worship. If we come to the house of God without a singular focus and a determination to give him everything, we're going to leave this place the exact same way that we arrived here. And the goal of, of a, a worship experience, the goal of, of coming and gathering in church every week is that we leave changed, is that we leave affected by our experiences with Jesus and with God the Father and with the Holy Spirit, that we don't leave this door the same way we came in an hour to an hour and a half earlier, right? But, but, but if we come in and we can't put everything else aside, then we leave the exact same way that we left. And that leads us to despise one or the other, right? I don't even know why. Ever, ever said something like this? I don't even know why I go to church because I can't focus on it at all, right? I don't know why I go to church because really it's just another thing added to my list of things to do. And I can't focus because of everything else that's going on. I think we've all been there at times. And, and that's not the attitude that God obviously wants us to have towards church. It's not the attitude we personally want to have towards church. And it's not a comfortable thing for us to admit that I came to service and I worshiped and it did nothing for me. And in the end, you know what? I actually felt worse because I was just divided the entire time. We cannot worship God while we're worshiping whatever it is that we're allowing to take the place of him. I wish that I could build some magical barrier that when you walk through this door, it automatically took everything else away from you and you could just focus on Jesus. If someone has the patent on that, let me know, okay? I wish I could do that for you. I can't. Sometimes I can't even do that for myself. But, but if we could postpone everything, if we could just leave it on the outside of the building when we walked in, even if it was something that we were going to pick up once we left, if we could just let this time transform us, then I think, you know what, it may transform those things as well that are such a heavy burden on our hearts at the time when we're coming together and trying to give God our full attention and worship. The last thing that we want is to leave feeling like somehow we wasted our time when we were trying to devote it to Jesus or for us to be disappointed because our time was interrupted by whatever we let interrupt it. And I, I want to acknowledge and admit that I know this isn't an easy thing to do, right? It's not an easy thing for any of us to do at any point. It, it, it takes real work. It, it takes real determination. And sometimes it takes kids that aren't jumping all over you and pulling your hair and ripping out your clothes and doing everything else. I, I get those things. I know that they, this can be tough, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be our goal, right? 
it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be our goal. So from that verse, we move on to the chorus that says, that I may gaze upon your beauty, that I may seek your holy face, that I may know you in an intimate way. We get into Psalm 27.4. It says, one thing I ask, sound familiar? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He's First, to really grasp what's happening here, to really grasp what's being said. This is a Psalm of David. To understand his words, to understand his heartfelt cry, we have to understand the situation that David finds himself in. Now, there's nothing specifically about this Psalm as far as the title goes that tells us what's happening because it says a Psalm of David. Lots of Psalms say a Psalm of David. But Charles Spurgeon, if you, you guys know who that is, he's a renowned theologian. Uh, he's an older gentleman. I, he's deceased now, I'm fairly certain. Uh, I. I don't think he's like 200, uh, but he, he, this guy's mind and the way that it breaks apart scripture is, is life-changing. And I've received many gifts in my life, but one of the best gifts I've ever gotten as far as a book goes, a theological book goes, I received from my grandfather. It's a treasury of David and it's Charles Spurgeon going through every single psalm and breaking it down. And so he looks at this psalm and he says, while there's nothing that tells us exactly the time that like a specific time in David's life, we get some hints that kind of clarify things for us, okay? So we're told in this specific psalm that David was being pursued by his enemies, that he was recently separated from his mother and father, that he was shut out from the temple, and that he was subject to slander. These four things lead Charles Spurgeon to think, and me to think as well, but I would think that he carries more weight, uh, lead him to, to believe that this is the time when Dove the Edomite spoke against David to Saul, causing Saul to have to flee, causing, causing Saul, causing David to have to flee, causing David to have to go into hiding. And so he's in this point in his life where he's recently separated from everything that he loves. Saul's son is his best friend. He's recently left his family. He's devoted his life so far to this point to serving Saul, to serving the king, to, to, to fighting on his behalf. And so everything that he loves, everything in his life that is normal and brings him comfort and, 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 and makes him feel like his life is being lived the way it's supposed to has been taken from him. And he's in the, this time in his life where he's fleeing and he's hiding and he's, I would assume, scared because someone wants to take his life. And Psalm 27.4 is part of what comes out of this time in his life. See, David here could have prayed for repose. He could have prayed for safety. He could have prayed for deliverance. He could have asked God to, to strike his enemies that were coming to strike him. But he foregoes all that to focus on what Charles Spurgeon calls the pearl. The pearl. The, the, the most important thing, which is to be in proximity and communion with Jesus. One thing I ask, one thing I seek is that I may just be in your presence to gaze upon your beauty and seek your face in the midst of everything that he's dealing with. This is the one thing that he wants. And it dawned on me this week that what we really need to do so often as Christians is just simplify. Is to just simplify. Sometimes we, we can boil life down to I just want to love Jesus. I just want to be in his presence. I just want to, to seek his face and gaze upon his beauty. David in no way, shape, or form is saying that nothing else 
is not important. I hope that wasn't too wordy, right? He's not saying that the only important thing to do is to focus on Jesus, but he's just saying that doing this alone will take care of the rest, right? If we can just focus on Jesus, if we can just seek him out and gaze on his beauty, everything else will take care of itself. Singularity to focus is often the key to a successful venture, and we all know that, right? Whenever we're having to multitask, nothing ever gets done 100% the way that we like it. Okay, or maybe I should speak for men only. I don't know. My wife seems like she can do a million different things and everything turns out great. But, but for me personally, okay, I have to have singularity of focus on a task in order for it to turn out exactly the way that I want it to. And that annoys Jericho sometimes because I will drop everything to finish that task, right? I've got to get this task done. It's got to get my 100% focus so that I can make sure it's done on time and right and everything works out great. And then I can move on to the next task and do that singularity and focus, to be able to do that oftentimes determines the successfulness of a venture. So it's the same thing with worship. If we can come in and just focus on that one thing, the most important thing, which is to be in the presence of Jesus, which is to seek God's face and to gaze on God's beauty, to to be filled with the Spirit. If we can focus on the Godhead, the Trinity, in these times, just that one thing, then our worship experience will be so much more full. It will revive us. It will give us life. It will not feel like another Sunday where we're going through the motions, seeing the words on the screen, and just saying the words because that's what we do. That's what happens when our focus is elsewhere. In Psalm 27.4, David is expressing his love, his love for communion with the Father by expressing his desire to seek God's face and to know him intimately. And you know what? I think this is music to God's ears. I think this is music to God's ears. Something else that Spurgeon says, God judges us very much by the desires of our hearts. See, it's not just about the things that we're doing. It's not just about the things that we're saying. It's not about the things that we have done or have intended to do. It's about our honest, heartfelt desire to know him better. It's about our desire to have a more intimate relationship with God and with Jesus. It's the desires of our heart that tell our compass which way to point. Does that make sense? And and so David is expressing his honest, heartfelt desires here. And and I'm saying that we should mimic that desire. We should strive for his desire expressed in Psalm 27.4 to be our same exact desire, to be able to know God intimately and on a personal level. Our desires of the Lord should be sanctified, humble, constant, submissive, and fervent. It should never change. Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So often we seek out a time with Jesus that our whole heart is not put into and we are left wanting, and we wonder why, and this should clarify it for all of us. When God gets our whole heart, that's when we find him. When God gets our whole heart, that's when we find him. When God gets our whole heart, that's when things start to change. That's when the difference is made. That's when we have that one-on-one meeting with him. The song ends with the bridge that says, 
life comes down to just one thing, to know him and make him known. In John 17, 3, it says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, to know God and to know Jesus. And life really boils down to one thing, to knowing God, to knowing God. And that should build within us a desire to make him known to the entire world, to the entire world. And it's important that we as people devote our attention to this. You see, everything else will take care of itself. But if we can focus on this one thing, to know Jesus and to make him known, the rest of life honestly becomes a lot less stressful. There's always going to be things in our world that we have to do. You have to have a job. You have to have money. You have to be able to pay your bills, right? There are things that we have to do. But, but if the thing that we want to do, that we make number one in our lives is to know Jesus and to seek his face and to just desire intimacy with him, everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. And you will never feel like any part of your life has been wasted when Jesus is the most important. My grandfather always used to say in sermons, the important thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And Jesus is our main thing. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the fact that you love us and that you want to be in a relationship with us where we can cry out to you that we want to know you intimately, where we can give you our attention and our focus and our whole heart and all of our mind, and you will meet us in those times. You guarantee it. We will find you when we seek you with all of our heart. And God, I pray that be the desire of everyone in this room and of everyone watching, that, that our desire becomes to know you with everything that we are. To know you with everything that we are. Life is so full of distractions and tough situations. And we have to face things at times, God, that we never thought we would. We definitely never hoped that we would. And yet, you're bigger than all of it. And if we can keep you the main thing in our lives, then everything else will take care of itself. God, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The band is going to play one thing another time for us, and my hope is that it has a newer, deeper, heartfelt meaning to you. Stand with us, and let's worship now. Single-minded, wholehearted. 
may gaze upon your beauty, O oh Lord, that I may seek your holy face, that I may know you in an intimate way, and follow after you all of my days, all of my days, and follow after you all of my days. Minded, wholehearted, one thing I ask. Single-minded, Jesus, wholehearted, one thing I ask. I make it. I 
wasn't created to bear anymore. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Lay it down. I see it now. I'm laying it down. My soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again. Son for redemption, the price for my heart. Oh, that love, I don't have a contest for that kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend.
sing that uh, that bridge one more time. Uh, my heart has been in your sights. So I think this this uh, bridge is just like a perfect companion to the uh, one thing song that we kind of made our sermon in our in our morning about. Um, I just want us to think about those words one more time. Can you sing that with me? My heart has been in your sights long before my first breath running into your arms is running from life from death i feel this rush deep in my chest your mercy is calling out just as i am you pull me in I know I need you now. One more time. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. God, we need you. We need uh, you more than, than our next breath. We need your love. We need your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy to look over our sins. Lord, I still think about some of the things that we've, we've learned, whether it be in small group or on Sunday morning, but about um, propitiation, that, that you would literally stand in front of the bullet for us, that we deserve death. But Lord, you give life. You, you said, no, I'll, I'll take the bullet. I'll take the, the, the penalty. I'll take the death and give life instead. I'll trade you, trade you for, the, for your death, for my life. And God, how worship reminds us of that when we gather in this room or watch this online and worship from our, our living rooms, Lord, we're, we're looking at these lyrics and we're, and we're saying, yes, I resonate with that. That is me. I am in those lyrics. This is my heart. And God, we need this time with you. We need, whether it be on Sunday morning as we gather for worship or honestly in our car, just blaring worship music through our speakers, we need time to just focus on you and to, to for lack of a better term, just shut the world out and just let that stuff not matter for an hour. I thank you that we have these times of, of, of corporate worship where we can gather together and sing these songs. And, and as I hear other people singing in this room, um, and I know other people are singing in other rooms as they're watching this on the stream, that, that we encourage one another by singing these songs together. We, be, we believe, we agree, and, and we know these things to be true. Lord, you are incredible, you are awesome. And your word inspires us to focus on you and to say nothing else matters more than this moment. We thank you, Lord, for, for letting us gather like this and just worship you. We love you so much. We thank you for the church, the gift. One of the greatest gifts you've given us besides your son has been the church and, and being able to do this together. We love you so much, God. Amen. Let's sing one more song before we go this morning. Um, as uh, If you've been with Crosspoint, um, 
for any length of time, you know that uh, we have a, a way to give online. So um, uh, we can throw that slide up there if you want, Evan. But um, there's, that's the way to do it. Just text um, to that number, and it's really easy to do. Uh, we will also have, we're not going to pass a basket for a while, probably, um, until things kind of calm down in the world, uh, medically speaking. And so uh, if you want to give, there's a, a box in the back, and we just invite you to give on your way out. Okay, and then uh, of course you can give online pretty easily from just from your phone. All right, let's uh, sing one worship uh, worship song this morning. Running after me With my life laid down 
life, you have been faithful. Hasn't he been faithful? All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I had made, oh, I will sing. Yes, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Isn't that the reason we gather to sing those songs? To remind ourselves of the goodness of God, how faithful He is. Well, we're going to continue in this series, um, cover more worship songs uh, going forward, uh, songs that you know, maybe some songs that are, are new for you. Um, if you know someone that uh, maybe has been out of church for a while or just um, has maybe um, just never gone to church or whatever, encourage them to come. Uh, tell them this series is all about worship and singing songs and music, and uh, that might, that might um, be of interest to some people. So uh, do that. Uh, sing these songs this week. Sing in your car, uh, sing in your homes, and we will see you next time for some more worship.